you know where you are? Do you know where you are? is Appetite for Distortion. And welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 87. It is uh, Brando, and I can't believe this episode... Uh, is happening. You know, being in radio for 15, over 15 years, this is something that would never happen anywhere else on any terrestrial radio station. Uh, I don't think in any other podcast. Uh, just and You're going to see as we go along this, this journey that is episode uh, 87, because online first, because we got two big guests. One is going to play co-host. Uh, that would be Miss Roberta Freeman, who <laughs> was a guest of ours, and we, we know your story, and I said it to you on and off the air, one of my favorite interviews ever. And uh, the fact that you're you're back on as as co-host uh, is, is I don't know that's that's so cool to me. That's kind of someone I grew up listening to. Now I'm playing radio with. It's cool. So welcome, welcome back. Thank you, thank you. It's good to be back, and thank you for asking me to co-host. No, of course. I I, <laughs> I really just enjoyed our conversation last time. I mean, with 87 episodes, I forget what number is what. Uh, and you do enough projects. I certainly don't res- uh, expect you to remember what episode of a podcast you were on. Uh, but you've been, you've been so. I mean, one of the reasons I wanted you on today, a, just to catch up, because I love following you on Twitter and, and Facebook, and you're so active, um, and you're talking like, you know, whether it's stuff that you're going out doing with a uh, Brit Floyd or you know some uh, political conversation. But you're uh, a lot of times like, I, you're, what is it, your your sister's an author? Because uh, you're a lot of times you're uh, my sister. Yeah, she's. She uh, uh, illustrates children's books, and she uh, just came out with her own children's book called Natalie's Hair Was Wild, and her name is Laura Freeman, and her books are available on Amazon. She did Hidden Figures, and she's, she's amazing, so you should check her out. <laughs> That's cool. I'm, I'm all about that, supporting yeah, uh, the self Is it self-published, or she had to go through... Uh, no, she has a she has agents and a publisher. Oh, so that's even better. The whole thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Even yeah. better. All yeah. right. So I mean, I just enjoy following you, but you're gonna help me interview. Um, I don't know how to say his last name. I guess call him Teddy Zigzag, but Teddy, <laughs> right? Andreatis. Yeah. Andreatis. He's amazing. He is amazing, and it's funny. I was gonna say my best friend growing up, uh, who I went to go see Guns N' Roses with. Um, the first run, in, not in this lifetime, is Hagialis, and it took, he's my one of my best friends. That took me so long to pronounce the Greek name, but I don't know. I mean, I'll just call him Ziggs. I'll see if I can call him Ziggs and see if I can get away with it. Um, but I it, think he'll go as Teddy Ziggs, Ziggs, <laughs> whatever you want to call him. Just don't call him late to dinner, you know? Oh, I know. I know. That's right. That's how Roberta and I bonded. We're both from New York, and she came from a Jewish yeah. family, which I had no idea. <laughs> The tribe, yes. Yes, you're you're a part of the tribe. Absolutely, I love it. Uh, so before Teddy calls up in just a few minutes, um, I want to get to more news about Roberta. So I guess it just makes sense to make uh, this segment about you today. News. It's always fun when we talk about where you know what happened, whatever happened to you know with somebody you grew up with, and the fact that you know you're still busy regardless. But I had no idea that you came out with a brand new song 
with Weezer. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, did a recording with them. Uh, David Sitek from TV on the radio. Uh, hold on, Robert. I think, hold on, Robert. I think Teddy's calling my cell phone. Oh, okay. Go ahead. <laughs> That's okay. Teddy! <laughs> hey, Teddy. I'm on, uh, on the other... Am I on the wrong line? Yeah. You're on the wrong line. It's okay. Do you want to call <laughs> 212? You got it. See, I'll, I'm going to see if I'm going to leave this in or part of it in, my, uh, right, just to make it part of the show. Because we're gonna, we're gonna, <laughs> well, we're gonna do a tease as Teddy is calling up. I want to play, and we're gonna find out how you got involved with Weezer. Because I'm curious, you know, because I'm, I'm a fan. But this will be the the hold music while I get Teddy on. It'll be Weezer. is like, what is going on right now? <laughs> that, that's... Hey, hey, Roberta. How are you, sweetheart? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? <laughs> uh, uh, now I'm fine. I always get, I always get the, these, these phone things mixed up because I never call the right number. To, you know, yeah. I end up calling the guy's wife or something like that by mistake. Yeah, I put it was 4 o'clock uh, L.A. time. <laughs> she had the wrong time zone. <laughs> Right, right. But we all managed to be here. I get the whole week wrong. I go, isn't? Aren't I supposed to call today? No, Ted, you were supposed to call two weeks ago. (laughs) Oh. I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, as we were just talking with Roberta and that that music you came into, we'll talk uh, after uh, about it. Roberta is now involved uh, in a brand new song from Weezer. And just her resume and, and your resume, and officially welcome to the AFD show. Thank you for for being on uh, Teddy Zigzag. Yeah, your your resume is ridiculous also. So I don't blame you for not knowing what time, what number, what year, <laughs> what planet you're on. I, 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 how do you, I, I don't even know where, because we got Roberta's story before. And uh, and Roberta, since you're your co-host for the day, Chime, just be yourself. Just uh, tell, I get to ask questions, huh? Whatever you want. If I'm going too long, just it, this is the Brando yeah. Roberta show today. You're Robin Quivers. Tell me to shut up. You know, you're uh. all of that fun stuff. Thing about about Roberta being the co-host that she she already knows everything about me. You know, we, we, no, we, I don't we know everything. Together. I'm a, I'm a fan of yours, Teddy. So I I I get to like you know be asking questions uh, too, and yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was telling Brandon the other day that it was the first time we had seen each other in the studio for with Gilby. It was it was actually quite fun. I kind I kind of missed that. You know, yeah, we were recording yeah. something for Gilby, and it was it was it was a lot of fun. It was great seeing yeah. you know the three of us. Wait, we we did, we did Nam together. That's right. Yeah, that was yeah. where the picture yeah. was taken. Yeah. Okay, Nam. Yeah, Nam. That's good. Yeah, when you were with Billy Bob, and and I I said hi, and we hung out for a minute, and it was great. It was <laughs> just it. How long That's do right. you guys go back? I mean, did it start with Guns N' Roses, or did you kind of know each yeah. other before? Oh, it did. Okay. No. no. Yeah. No, yeah. You came. Yeah. Uh, 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 Roberta came from Cinderella, I believe, right? Yeah, I was on the road with Cinderella, yeah. and Fred was friends with um, uh, Slash, and and that's how it all began. And then we became really good friends on the road, and we remained uh, in touch with each other. So yeah, I love yeah. that. 
it's yeah. kind of like when you watch a sitcom and you find out that you know Courtney Cox and Jennifer Aniston are really friends. You know, it's like you <laughs> yeah. you enjoy that the, the band that you love that you're actually friends outside, which yeah. has been a a yeah. unique thing to balance with the world of Guns N' Roses. But uh, that's just mm. uh, was a minor part of Roberta's story and a minor part of Teddy's Teddy's story. So to, to go back, I know. Roberta comes from growing up with, uh, you know, around my tribe, the Jews in New York. But Teddy, you're. I was just telling, uh, I was just telling Roberta that my best friend is Mike Hagialis, and it took so long to pronounce his last name. Uh, so, uh, well, that's exactly why. That's why I became Teddy Zigzag Big Bag Angry Anus. Nobody, <laughs> nobody could pronounce my last name. Or they could they, pronounce they, they, last name. Come on. <laughs> no, no. What it was is because you have the two vowels that are together. It was always like Andre. Is it Andreatus and Andratus? Yeah. No, it's Andreatus. Andreatus. Yeah. Andreatus. Right on. And uh, they never got it right. It was Andreas for a while. I think Matt called me Teddy Andreas, and I go, "Hey, that's pretty cool." And I, I think I, that's what I actually put on my first record, Teddy Andreas. Hmm. How did how did um, uh, Axel uh, say your name? Uh, well, he well, it, <laughs> Axel just said anything Tom May who told him to say. <laughs> he would say he would say um, that's that's Teddy Angry Anus. That's what Tom called oh me, and, and Axel heard that. Yes, and that's what I it, don't remember yeah. him saying that. Oh my god! Yeah, I, why? Oh, yeah, that was. <laughs> Why would it he was, call uh, you? Do we want to know? Did you have like some sort of like a hemorrhoid problem? Why did he call no, you? No, 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 no. It's because it's it's Andreatus, Andreatus, Andreatus. Oh man! Yeah. And I had I had a suitcase that was really, really a a real big suitcase. It was a, a giant Tumi, and and the uh, crew guys hated it because I, I stuffed everything in it. You know, just you know, we were on the road for two years, so this was a giant, and that's where the big bag came from. Because of my big suitcase, this mm. massive suitcase. Ah, Teddy Big Bag. Then this big, bag oh. big Bag came from um, um, the rehearsal. Uh, when I first joined the band, I kind of looked like that guy on the pack. And uh, <laughs> actually, I think asked Tom again, who's the new guy? <laughs> oh, the, the, who's the new guy? Red rolling pay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. who's, the new, who's the new guy? Who's the, you know, the, 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 he looks like the guy in the zigzag pack. That's a, that's Did you have nicknames I'm, growing up? Well, you grew up in Jersey, right? Not well. Hey, hey dopey, you know. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> uh, nah, no, usually it would be like, hey, Greek, get over here. You know what? Hey, Greek boy. Greek I get boy, it. Get over here. All the time, yeah. I get, hey, Teddy Jew. The Greek. <laughs> my girlfriend, hey, calls me Jew. My girlfriend calls me oh Jew boy, God. so I get it. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's, that's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> that's it at a love. Guys, guys uh, I remember the, my my nickname was Queen Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we all had terrible nicknames. <laughs> so, Roberta, you got to admit, though, there were times where that little Queen Bitch came out. Yeah, well. Yeah, oh, yeah. But it was all done in love, though. It's all done in love. I'm not sitting back here. I'm not sitting behind these fucking drums. <laughs> I, I love it. I love hearing the back and forth, and that's what I, I, I wanted in this this conversation, just to hear two friends talking. And for me and the listener, yeah. I know it's going to be pretty surreal because both by yourselves, are, again, are, are incredible. So where should your story start, Teddy? Because, uh, I mean... Well, I 
I, I always was told that a harmonica was the easiest instrument to play, but the hardest to master. Is that true? And like, where did that start? Uh, you, you? Yeah, you could, uh, a harmonica. All you do is blow in and out. Right. It's very simple to do, but to actually get a note, to actually be able to uh, to uh, prioritize those. It's only ten holes on a harmonica on, on a regular you know, blue style harmonica. I mean, there's chromatics and stuff like that. And that's when you get into orchestra harmonicas, which are, that's a whole, that's a whole other world, man. That's, I, I don't, I can't even play chromatic. And when you see a guy like Toots Thielman play a chromatic, it's, or Stevie Wonder, it's the most oh, beautiful yeah. thing ever. Oh man. Well, oh, man. You, like, you play harmonica like nobody's business and you okay. blow me away. I mean, not only, not only does Teddy play the shit out of a harmonica. Can I say that? Yes. Am I cursed? Yes. Um, uh, <laughs> he's an amazing piano player and he's an amazing singer. So oh, thank you know, you. triple threat, you know, we had, fun. we had fun. You know, I think I was hired because I was a, a, a good, uh, um, what do you call it? Utility guy. Uh, originally, that's why when, mm. when 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 Slash it was actually it was actually Slash Duff and Matt that kind of um, you know uh, uh, blew the, uh, the 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 charge for me to to be in the band, and uh, we that's when the band went from no keyboard players to two keyboard players. You know, Axel right. had hired Dizzy, and then the, those three guys said, "Well, we we want Ted because Ted can he can play a harmonica part on Bad Obsession. Uh, he can he does, he does keys. He can, he can sing. He's a, you know." Yeah. So they went from having no keyboard players to two. And and, so and as how much did as they last, find you? How did they find um, you? Uh, through um, uh, McBob. Oh, McBob. Because really? the, the Mayhews, the Mayhew, well, uh, McBob worked for Carol King when I was uh, playing keyboards uh-huh. with Carol King, and um, and then I, uh, he said, you know, there's this band, there's this new band. Uh, They've kind of been around for a little bit, but they got some. They're putting some keyboards on this new record, and would you be interested in kind of helping out? I said, "Yeah, sure." Okay. And then I heard it. And I, the first thing I heard ever was we used to go over to Mike's house and kind of party a little bit. And uh, I heard "Live and Let Die" for the first time, and I went, "Whoa, holy uh, smokes! Who you know? Who is this?" And I didn't really know anything about Guns and Roses except on uh, Music Connection magazine. Hmm. They would be on. <laughs> that magazine i'm going ah, another 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 glammy type band but boy was i wrong what yeah. scene were you yeah, into at the time like what was your circle if they weren't re- um, if you I weren't was, aware uh, me, of them? i was well i was playing a lot of blues with a guy named bb chung king who was this who was the asian stevie ray vaughn and huh. unfortunately he passed away and that's when slash slash and duff both came to see us playing we were playing for um Rich Bartles, the Jet Set. I don't know if you remember that, Roberta. He used to have it at Gazzari's, and we were the first blues band to play on Sunset Strip at the Gazzari's. Uh, where is uh, what is it now? Like, uh, what's that club called now? But it's like next to the next to the Rainbow, across the street there from the Rainbow. That club. Across the one? street from the Rainbow. Yeah, you know, going in the same direction, going west. Is it one? Not, not Roxy or. Or, oh, wait. It no, used the, to other, be, uh, the other way. E Club? Is it E Club? It used to be it's the E Club. club something else. It's, oh, I don't know. I wish I knew. About, yeah. Yeah. But you were the first blues they, club to play the strip? First blues band to play the play Sunset Strip, yeah, in the in huh. the late 80s when rock was, you know, when the Motley Cruz and the. And, right. You know, 
rats and all that. Yeah, we were, but we were like a heavy blues band led by this Asian guy. <laughs> oh my and, god, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, look look him up, man. That cat, he was one of a kind, man. And I was actually with him when he passed away. Wow, really? To, yeah, that. just me, just me and him. Yeah, heavy. I was listening to a, I was listening to a. Uh, you know, we were just listening to a B3 track that I had just laid down. I was doing it for somebody via, you know, the internet. And, um, I, I went there to pick, pick up the, um, the MP3 and, um, he just laid back in the chair and I went, come on, let's go. I got to get out of here. And I thought he fell asleep on me and oh, I realized, oh my God. Yeah. It was heavy. Did he have a heart attack or something? Huh? And what, yeah. Did he have a heart attack or something? I had a, uh, a stroke of some sort. An aneurysm maybe? Wow. I don't know. I, I mean, all I know is I was I was screaming at the paramedics. Anyway, you know. Oh my god! Unbelievable, unbelievable story. Yeah, and uh, and that was a couple of years ago. I knew him since since we were like fifteen or sixteen. So it was a oh, that's you know, terrible. We wow. But we were playing at the Roxy yeah. for for uh, Rich Bartles and Slash Mayhew brought in Slash and Duff, and I I remember because they were standing behind the amps and. That's the first time I met Renee, his first wife. He was with Renee. He hadn't married her yet. He hadn't married her yet. I, I remember like, oh, Renee. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. And uh, they came to see me play to see if, if, if I would work. And um, Slash was always into the blues and stuff. So he says, yeah, let's, this guy's cool, man. Let's let's try it. You know, and because there was never auditions. We didn't, nobody really auditioned for guns. You, right. You, you were yeah. down and, 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 and that was it. Yeah. Wow. And uh, so how long have you been in LA? Uh wow. Uh, I, I, I want to say the 80s maybe. The 80s maybe. Yeah, mm. yeah a long time. Are I've you... been here longer than I've been in New Jersey, that's for sure. Mm. Wow. Do you still carry <laughs> around your Jersey card? Yeah, we're East Coasters. Yeah. So do you carry around your your East Coast card, because even when I've gone to the other states, I can't help but be the the Long Island uh, Jew that I am, regardless where I go. Yeah, well, there's a certain there's a certain dialect, you know, in certain parts of New Jersey and New York, obviously in Long Island. So, I mean, I don't talk like the hey, what are you what are you fucking looking at? <laughs> you know, I, I don't, I'm not one of those guys. But you know, you know, there's certain things that I say. People go, "You're from the East Coast, aren't you?" Like, yeah. You know, how could you tell? I said, "Well, it's the way you said that word." Mm. Right. So, right. Like, so, so how did you get yeah, into yeah. Uh, the blues then in Jersey? What was the scene like there growing up as a kid? Um, well, no, I wasn't. I wasn't into the blues. I was. I was, okay. I was R&B mm. back in back in Jersey. Yeah, All I right. had a band called had a band called Hosanna, and we used to have a, um, this cat that sang who wore uh, his name was Jerome James, and he wore a, he wore a, a turban with a diamond in it hmm. <laughs> with a suit. Oh my God, it was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. But we had a we had a regional a regional hit, and you can look it up on YouTube, and and it, it's there. It was called Hip It hmm. by Hosanna. Hip It by Hosanna. Okay, you gotta look it up. You gotta look it up. <laughs> great, great disco dance tune. Everybody is out there dancing. Listen to the music and start your dancing. <laughs> <laughs> Is this it? Yeah, it is. This is it? Check it. Roberta, you dig this. Check this out. Okay. <laughs> and I have your permission to play this. Copyright. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> this is probably the only time it's getting played. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
feel like I gotta watch Shaft. I just want to hear some vocals. <laughs> the love boat. <laughs> Here comes the vocal. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. That's... The this music. Is, is this going on Spotify? I'm going to add it. I like it. Oh, man. Uh, that was Check this out. That was three brothers and three Greeks. Wow. Is that, is that, that great? Sounds like yeah. a, it sounds like a diner. <laughs> it was a, a, my brother... <laughs> my brother was playing. My brother was playing bass, and the other Greek guy was playing guitar. Mm. That's hysterical! Wow. Yeah, <laughs> and it was. It was. It became a regional hit. And now the flip side of that is the instrumental, which which you pretty much. <laughs> That's awesome, then. So, like, how did you yeah. get from there to where we were, you are now? We, I mean, it's like, we were in high school. We were like 15, 16 okay. years old. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. Did you, um, at that time, did you realize, like, this is what I want to do with my life? Or you like, this is just fun? Well, I was, I was already doing it, so yeah. I, I didn't really, you know, I had gone to high school and I'd gone to college, but I only went to, to junior college. And I said, after two years of college, I went, ah, screw this. Mm. And mm. I just started playing. And, uh, and then uh, I met a girl. I was working at an air, an air conditioning factory. <laughs> I was working for Fetters Air Conditioning. And I met this girl in the office. And um, just, you know, young guy. And I was, I was like head over heels and she was moving to California. And, and she uh-huh. goes, you know, you should come out and visit me sometimes. So I packed up my van and my B3 and I just left home and wow. moved out and moved to California, moved to Venice. The first place I moved to was uh, Newport Beach. And I thought that all of California was like that. Huh. Right? I went, wow, huh. this is unbelievable. <laughs> well, was I wrong? <laughs> So then I, you know, I found my find my found my ex girlfriend because she had already started dating other our, other guys. So well, now what am Aww. I going to do? Yeah, I was heartbroken, but you know, like life goes on. Stuff, but it was the best thing, right? Because yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we uh, yeah. LA got you. Uh, I joined so a band. And that was, like... <laughs> no, so I, I joined a band that played the Red Onion Chain. Uh, that was a Mexican restaurant chain that had live bands at the time. And I remembered my auditioning song. My the song I auditioned was was with called uh, uh, Neil Sedaka's "Breaking Up Is Hard to Do." <laughs> <laughs> you had a lot of the love in your heart. Yeah. yeah. So, but you... nobody can do that song like Teddy Zigzag. I'll tell you, I've never <laughs> anything like Neil Sedaka. <laughs> Neil Sedaka, yeah. So that you... was that was pretty beautiful. I'm wondering though. I, I'm. I'm assuming that uh, yeah. auditioning for Neil uh, with the Neil Sedaka song for Mexican restaurants wasn't the the catalyst for your career. I mean, it was part no. of a part of it. So, what do you think when you moved to LA? When you're like, oh wow, like I made it because you've worked with not even just like A list names, forever A list names in your career. You know, like Chuck Berry, yeah. Bo Dylan. Again, not even counting the right. band that we're all here for. Like, how did you like? What was the 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 turning point for you to? Um, I think the turning point was actually uh, um, a friend of mine got to be an engineer for Carol King. And I was right. like, oh, my God, do you think I could meet her? Do you think I could meet her? And blah, 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 blah. And he goes, now, Ted, did you just calm down? Don't be crazy. <laughs> meet her. Sound like me. Because you know? <laughs> I was, you know, piano, I was a piano songwriter, songster. So, so I was like, 
the stuff that she did was I just loved. And when I right. got it, when I met her, I went, oh my God, she's just like my next door neighbor. Mm. There's, there's, there was, there was no nice no, Jewish girl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Thank you, Roberta. Wow. <laughs> but at the time, you know, I just thought of her as Carol King. You know, you, you don't think when you meet somebody that, that that's that nice and that, that kind of like, you know, no attitude, no nothing and stuff like that. Uh, you, it automatically becomes like, wow, she's so nice. Hey, Carol, you want to go out to dinner? You know, you want to have, you want to get a sandwich? You know, that kind of thing. Right. But you got to remember, you, you you take a person like that out in public, and there right. is no, there's no, there's no privacy. There's nothing. You know, when we recorded her two, I recorded three records with her. She used Eric Clapton on on a on one of the tracks, and Eric wouldn't take any money. He wouldn't take it because no, he bought her a bottle of wine, and that's who Carol King was, man. And she's a legend, and people right. just revered her and just, you know, no, I'm not going to take any money from you, Carol. I'm honored that you let me play on your record. That's awesome. Yeah, I'll she... never forget that day, man. We all waited in the studio till he showed up because we wanted to see what his gear was going to be, and he showed up with nothing. Hmm. And he just he had a, he had a handler with him, and he goes. Hey, go down to go down to Sam Ash on whatever street it was, and he goes, just give me a, a good strat off the wall and a and a Fender Twin. That was <laughs> wow. That was it, man. The minute they plugged it in, he started playing. You're going, there's the sound. I don't know what what he did, wow. but there's the sound. Yeah. I guess we were like blown away. That helps it. with uh, with yeah, packing and traveling. Do not have to bring your equipment with you because you can afford to buy a new one when you were there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. All he, you, know, you walk into Sam Bash, you go, Eric Clapton needs an amp. You go, take whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> what, exactly. What, what aisle do you want? Does he want this store? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you gone to see her? Um, I believe there's a Carol King play uh, right here in uh, well, Broadway. Yeah, right? yeah. 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 She was just, it, we were just talking with my wife. My wife is good friends with Sherry Gawkin and we still hang with, you know, the, the, the sisters, I mean, the daughters, Sherry and Louise, we, 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 you know, we're still, we still see Carol, you know, on, on the holidays and stuff. Uh, but she was just at Henson. Take me with you next time. I want to meet her too. <laughs> uh, she was at, uh, she was at A&M Records recording with Louise uh, this week. And I went, that fucking bitch didn't call me. <laughs> didn't call me. How dare her not call me? So anyway, uh, that was funny. I, I got to tell you, I got to tell you, man, one of the greatest pieces of performance is, is uh, the Kennedy Honors when they were honoring Carol and, and, and Aretha Franklin did Natural Woman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Carol had, yeah. Carol had, never, had never seen her perform it because uh, Aretha doesn't do that kind of stuff, right? She'll do it in her shows, but she had never seen Aretha Franklin actually perform the song. And that, the look on her face, if you have ever seen it, it was real. In her eyes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, because she she's going, oh my God, she's going to actually play it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So for Carol, that was, that was she, yeah. she became that little 15-year-old again. <laughs> uh, Carol was very, you know, she wrote that. Her, her, you know, the, the lyrics for that were written by a man. Written by her partner, Jerry Goffin. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. A lot of people don't know that. Isn't that wild? He wrote the lyrics to A Natural Woman. That's crazy. As long as it's in your heart, yeah, it doesn't matter, right? Speak from your heart. I, I, yeah. Well, you, you, yeah, you had to separate yourself and try to, you know, think of what it would be like, I guess. Well, was he I transitional think. at the time or was it? <laughs> no, no. 
No, no, he was. <laughs> that was a joke. He, was a yeah. at the time. he just finished washing, waiting to exhale or something. Like that. <laughs> he was a chemist at the time. He was uh, oh dabbling in that. So, yeah. All right. But uh, yeah. So anyway, that I, I, it came from that. So, uh, you know, that's how the guns thing came about because of, of the crew guys, really, of, of Mike Mayhew. And I always say that in any interview that Mike Mayhew was really the guy that you know started it all for me who you know and that's how most people get their big breaks you know it's a word of mouth that you try this guy out or Mm -hmm. i've done a couple auditions and i usually never get them because i just am am, i'm i'm goofy and i don't know what to do and i'm nervous it's better for me to just get hired and let me do my job Hmm. that's what i do yeah yeah you know exactly yeah you won't i won't let you down you know You'll so, be very happy with the result. If you were in, you know, R and B bands and you're working with Carol King, was this the first, like, the first rock band was Guns N' Roses for you, or did um, you have any sort of experience beforehand? Well, no, I, I mean, I was big fans of, of bands like Deep Purple, and uh, the, the, I love the Young Rascals, but they're more R and B. But you know, when I heard John Lord play, I went, "Whoa, okay, what is this?" You know, I'd, I'd never heard a, a B three played through a Marshall amp before. So, you know, and, uh, it's, and so I got a chance to actually meet John Lord and actually watch them play. And it's like, oh, man. Uh, but I'm a big I'm a big fan of all all styles of music. You know, I love Tom Waits uh, piano. I love I love, Tom, I love watching great piano players, Van Cliburn and shit like that. Stuff that I can't do. You know, I watch a guy like uh, Herbie Hancock or, oh, you know, who else is uh, uh, Oscar Peterson? Jesus. I, I saw him once at that Royce Hall at, at UCLA, and I sat there and I thought to myself, my God, if, if I start practicing really hard right now, I'll never be that good. <laughs> he's, he's, so, he's so amazing. His left hand was faster than his right hand. It's like, how do you even do that? You know, so, so there's, there's guys that I really just look up to that are just so amazing, you know. So you, and, you uh, just felt like I, ready to be in a – it didn't matter that – I mean, you liked all. It wasn't intimidating for you to join a rock band. You were just like, I'm just going to do my job, whatever it is. It wasn't like the genre well, didn't throw well, you off. You know, you kind of when you join. When I joined Guns, it's like I didn't know much about the music, and at the time, they didn't really have a lot of keyboards in the song. So I right. like mm-hmm. will tell you, I didn't really play on all the songs, and that was a real that was a real sore spot. I got to say, it was a real personal, not a, a sore spot, but it was a real eye opener for those guys because uh, when they, when I asked, you know, when they asked what I charged, I said, well, this is what I, this is what Carol paid me. And the first thing out of Slash's mouth is, well, you're not going to be playing on all the songs. <laughs> you know, yeah, what? I said, dude, you're not paying me for that. You're paying me for the time I leave my front door and I come back home. Exactly. You know, it's like, exactly. you know, they, they were so, they were young. They just didn't, wasn't, they weren't aware. They thought it was but, like a know, per, as, per diem or something. Yeah. Or- or just purse? Well, you get per diem anyway, but okay. because I, I think I only played on, oh, I would say maybe eight of the songs, you know, uh, in the set, eight or nine of the songs. I mean, I did some sound effects and stuff, like November Rain and stuff like that, and played piano. But yeah, Dizzy was the main piano player, and I played all the other secondary keyboard parts. But then those guys all had me play on their solo records, so I played on on everything uh, any other solo guys did. The only records I did play on was Izzy's. I played on Gilby Slashes, Dups. I played on Matt stuff too, I think. And but um, not, well, I, I don't know if you count Chinese Democracy as a uh, solo project or not. I don't know if that's a loaded question. 
No, that was a yeah. No, that was more of an Axel thing. You know the weird thing of it? I, I've never heard that whole album. Okay, <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Yeah, I don't even have a copy of it. I, I didn't. I, I just never never got around to getting it. I guess. Um, but I've heard like I've heard cassette tapes of it. <laughs> cassette. Tapes I've been so of- busy with my own in my own world, you know, that I go, oh yeah, Chinese democracy. I gotta I gotta get that at some point. You know, it's been I, out went, 10 years. I actually went into the studio when he was doing it. I was dating. Were you were there? <clears throat> I was dating a tech at the time, and he was ah. working with Axel. Do you remember? And um, oh. he was working on Chinese democracy, and I came in there, and I saw Dizzy, and I heard a snippet of it, and... And that was the last I heard of it. I didn't. I, yeah. I not the same way. I didn't. I didn't pick up a copy and listen to it. But I did. I did hear it when when he was working on it, and he had been working on it for a long time. But yeah, I walked into the studio. Very long. Yeah. And, uh, there were little. There were little bootleg stuff that would 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 creep out, and sure. then somebody would hand me a cassette right. tape on the road. He goes, Here's, and that's that's pretty much all we heard of it. I know. That's funny. Um, yeah. It was it was a it was a lot. So, but the you know Roberta will tell you we had a good time on in that tour, and it was a you know I, I'd seen the world. You know, it's like you got the opportunity yeah. to see. Do you remember our first gig? I think it was Madison Square Garden. Do you remember that was happened the at Madison Square? Gig. It wasn't the first. That was was it the first gig? Well, but do you remember what happened at Madison Square Garden? It was it was the, it was when the first. One of the first gigs that we did, it was Madison Square Garden, and, and I'll never forget it because I, I tell this story all the time. They they forgot to pick us up, and we had to take a cab. We had to take a cab. We had to take cabs to the gig, and we walked right in through the front door. Oh my god! With the, with the audience. Oh my god! And then I went right to Opie. I went right to Opie. I went, man, this is bullshit. You guys, we're in the band, goddammit. Opie was not having it at that moment. He goes, listen, I'll tell you. <laughs> Okay, we forgot you, but don't you ever. <laughs> like, oh. You know what? That wasn't the first time they forgot us. I remember yeah, we were in Paris, yeah. and we had to buy tickets to get on the plane because they left us in Paris. It wasn't they left the girls in Paris, and it was just like, are you kidding me, man? Like, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it was the time with you, that kind of stuff. You 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 can't. You, this stuff kind of stuff you don't forget, you know. And and it's because yeah. they weren't used to having they weren't used to having an extra extra members. You know, they were they were right. it, was, well, they, it was those five guys at the time. Well, six was dizzy, uh, and I even dizzy was. It wasn't guy. just that it wasn't that they were used to it. I think that we were a second thought. Like it, it didn't matter. Yeah. To them. like they didn't really. Right. Give it too much thought. When you, you know? say them, do you right. think to the band or to the management? Because you, you seem to have oh. a good relationship with the band. <laughs> or is that again another loaded yeah. question? No, I don't think. I, no, the the band would have just gone. Where, where, where's Ted? Where's Roberto? <laughs> oh, oh we, yeah. And I think it was it was more tour managing. You know that you know, that kind of stuff. Got it. Yeah, it was big time. Tour I don't even think. I don't even think it was. I don't even think it went up as high as Doug. I think it just went whoever the tour. I don't even remember who the tour manager was. It was John Reef. How could you forget? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was not a pleasant John Reef. I think it was it was both of them. You know, because they they, yeah. they care less. You know, but like you, but they they treated they treated you a lot better than they treated the girls. That's for sure. You know, you got. A I lot know, of and I, and I hated that. I I I hated that. You know, it's like you know. They would always say to me, Ted, they're your responsibility. You take care of them. You make sure they're dressed right. 
And I'm like, what? oh, Are you yeah, yeah. Of course I've heard that. No, no, no. Yeah, no. Yes, you know, because they didn't want to be. They didn't want to deal. They didn't want to deal with singers. You know, they didn't want to deal with the, the background singers. You know, but little did they realize, wow, they're a real big part of our show. You know, it's like, no. In the beginning, it was like, you know, you you keep them in line, Ted. Like, shut, shut. I'm not gonna keep those girls in line. They're gonna do what they want. What are you talking about? That's insane. They were just trying to delegate for you to be the chaperone of the uh, the horn well, section. Yeah, they, they would. And I, I don't know if they'll ever hear this, but they used to make me go out front after the show was over to the, the, the meet and greets to meet like all the the hierarchy because they were they were said Ted, you go out there, you know, you you go out and talk to uh, Versace and 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 Tyra Banks and them because they. We, we're going to stay here for a little while. I said, dude, they, they don't want to talk to me. They want, they want to see you guys. You guys get out there. Oh, man, we're, we're too tired, blah, blah, blah. You go out there now. So I'm telling you, they don't want to talk to me. They don't care about me. They, 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 all they want to know is we're Slash and Aquilas. You know, are they coming out? Are they coming out? Yeah, they're coming out. They're coming out. Hold on. Wow. Go get Slash and Aquilas. It would be like that. It's always like that. It was like that the whole time. But again, it was it was it was everybody was young, everybody was drinking and partying. You know, it's it's, it's a whole different world now with guns. They're all you know big boys. They all have management, and nobody drinks. And it's very professional. And you know, it was that was a they were the biggest band in the world. So we could do no wrong. Hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I you know, Roberta will tell you. We, we yeah. would sit around and just you know sit around in our dressing rooms for hours, just waiting for him to show up. Yeah. No. You know what? This might lead into, and that's going to be part of uh, some good fan questions, I think. And I guess, obviously, Roberta, if this, any of them apply to you, you can respond as well. And this will be um, mm-hmm. maybe Teddy will get a, a kick out of this. I don't know. It's a, I, yes, it's a podcast, but I treat it like a radio show, so I have stupid sound effects. Roberta has heard them before. <laughs> sure. So, uh, so yeah. I, I made this one. What's put Nippet on again. What's, oh, I know. I did the. Um, oh, we, wait, what did you want me to put on again? I'm sorry. Oh, put Nippet on. on again. Oh, I could put on Nippet on again. Well, I'm, I'm, I want to play uh, the clip Full House later on, but uh, this one, oh this is just a short oh, little uh, <laughs> a feature clip. Fan. It's stupid. I, you, it's, you, if you want to hang up now, I'd understand. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I that went by so quick. I wasn't. Even oh, it was like but, instead of like it's a bad obsession, it's a fan obsession, uh, and it's it, if you have to explain it, it's not funny. So I'm no, glad I'm no. glad I did it. <laughs> uh, first one's going to come up from uh, Michael Kane. So either of you, did you guys go out much with uh, Slash and Duff during the uh, the tour? Did you guys like hang well, out? Roberta will tell you. Roberta will tell you what a pain in the ass it was to go out with those two guys. Yeah, it was a little crazy. It was a little crazy, but I do remember on several occasions going out with them. I remember like when we were in Paris after that show with Lenny Kravitz, we went out to the club and it was like we were ushered to the VIP section and, and, you know, behind, you know, the special section. And it was, it was always like a big, huge deal, you know, but, um, you know, I, I thought it was fun when we did that. I, I don't I don't think I did it that often, but we we did it we did it. We went out. The problem was going out with those guys because they were the biggest band in the world. Wherever you yeah. went, there was always people chasing the cars, chasing your, your well, yeah. vehicle. 
Um, yeah. if, if, if you went like, like, like Roberta said, if you went to a VIP section, they put you, they put you in a VIP section and they roped it off. Right. So it was just you yeah. Yeah. and class and we were, and we'd be in this little VIP section, but then outside of the VIP section would be all these people just staring at us, mm. like, right, like, right. You know, just staring at us. And it's like, yeah. man, can we just, can we just get out of here and just walk around a little and God forbid you ever go out to dinner. It's like in South America, we used to have um, decoy cars. Hmm. The, they would they would have these cars with curtains on them, and we'd go out. The, the decoy cars would go out through the front of the hotel because the kids would camp out in the front of the hotel, and then we would go out through the back. And then, you know, you know, sure enough, they would find out where we were eating or something like that, and they would have to pull the car up right up on the sidewalk, right to the front door of the restaurant, so that there was no gap between. The, the car and the building. So you walk right into the car and they would run after the car. They would beat on the cars and stuff. It was very scary. I mean, for, you know, but with Carol King, for God's sakes, they didn't do that. I and was, this was my first. I was just about to say, I'm like, you, you remember, thought you had a bad with her. You know, you thought you had a bad with yeah. Carol King. Anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah. No, it was, it was stuck in the, in the hotel in South America. Remember we, we South of, in the yeah. hotel. And we, we were not allowed, allowed to leave the hotel. We had guys with guns, yeah, guys with guns on each floor, man. Uh-huh. Well, semi-automatic yeah. guns. I did you? I, yeah. I, that's that's for real. Like, do you? Was there ever a point when yeah. you saw a guy with a gun? Like, you know, this isn't worth it being in, in the biggest rock band ever. Like, if the, if you know the, the well, SWAT team is no, no, escorting us out, you know. <laughs> We saw it. We saw it as protection. I mean, because nothing was going to happen with us. But after a while, you got to say to yourself, "Man, I, I got to get out of this hotel." And and he goes, "You can't go anywhere. You know, you can't you can't leave." Or if and for me, because I, I was close friends with Slash, if he wanted to go out to a strip club or something, and and it was you, the me, or Ronnie Stallnaker, and Ronnie would say, "Come with us," so that we can keep an eye on him because he would get lost. He would, you know, I, I'm going to the bathroom, and one of us would inevitably have to follow him. Because he would just, because he, you know, he, he was a young kid. He wanted, he wanted to hang around a little bit, and uh, you know, there's things, things that happen. You know, when you just, you're not careful. Yeah. No, yeah. for sure. Yeah, you these dark places. I remember being in like Argentina and being told don't wear like baseball caps or anything that looked American, you know, hoodies and like, you know, American. Yeah attire, you know, you'll stick out and then they'll realize that we're with Guns N' Roses. And and right. we did, you know, like I remember, uh, you know, just going outside wearing the clothes I wore and people being able to figure out that we were with Guns N' Roses because of the fact that we were Americans mm-hmm. and we were in town and we were in a specific uh, part of town and, you know, they would figure it out. So it was yeah. it was really weird, you know. Mm. Especially in South America. South America, they yeah. those guys are gods. They're even to this day. It's like back then when Gilby, when Gil, even when solo guys go down, like Gilby or Matt and stuff like that, or Duff, mm. they, they pack the places because the Guns yeah. N' Roses in, in South America are just massive, yeah. massive, crazy. Yeah, it's scary. All to the point of being scary when they would when they would get up and on the first song and they would they would jump. And you could feel the whole stadium shaking. Yeah. We yeah, played the one, there's one in Bogota, Colombia, that apparently was a uh, a burial ground. So the ground was real soft. 
And, uh, you know, they, when they would jump, they would jump in a wave because of the sound. Uh, we didn't have delay. We had one delay tower so that they tried to keep the sound frequency steady. When we played South, well, when we played um, Eastern Creek in Australia, they had two sets of uh, delay towers, which meant the first set of delay towers were about a quarter of a mile back. And the second set was another quarter of a mile back. That's so that the audience that was a half a mile away could hear exactly what was going on on stage. Mm-hmm. And right, right. Really, I mean, that kind of stuff you don't wow. think about, you know, but it was yeah. it, that's how big it was. This is that's actually, big, uh, it, this is, a, a, I guess, a pertinent question then, based upon what you're talking about in different countries. This is from uh, Johan Batista, and he said, ask him about the first South American show uh, of the 1992 uh, tour in uh, Venezuela. I know there was a military coup, and they were barely able to get yeah. out before the government got yeah. to them. I know they lost That's some right. equipment, and it was part of the reason they only played one show instead of the Schedule Two in Colombia a few days later. Uh, that's my main question, LOL. That's so. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds that's good. absolutely true. That's absolutely true. We uh, they, the 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 Columbia show we we did November rain and it rained on us. Uh, the the ceiling had they put, it was just a c- cloth covering on the on the grating, and it's it's a they have video of it, so it's a really amazing to see. But the the rains were so torrential that it destroyed everything. So they opted not to play the second show. I don't know what happened. I mean, I, I've heard stories, but something happened. And um, we went to the airport and um, they said that they were holding up a coup until we got out of the country because they didn't want the Americans in the country when it happened. All just yeah, that's you know, crazy. I remember when well, we first got there that we were greeted with like these teenagers carrying Uzis. You know, oh at the airport, yeah. and I remember it was really like, oh my god, this is where we're going in. You know, it was. It yeah, was they would. Uh, they yeah. would. They were so. They were so. They so wanted to k- catch us bringing in drugs and stuff that they would yeah. unload the truck right on the right on the tarmac, and then there were times where we'd have to actually uh, actually have to take apart our stereos. I, I didn't have one, but uh, guys like Matt and Slash and Duff had these anvil cases that had stereos built into them and they would be rolled into their rooms. And I remember Matt having to take his apart. They literally unscrewed the speakers to look for drugs. Yeah. They were looking, they they looked into like our lipstick cases and the, the the heels of our shoes. I mean, they were like totally. They they were just looking, looking to want to really bring the band down because they just thought the band was not good and, you know, not a good representation of rock and roll and just were troublemakers and they'll, they'll bring drugs in. And we were just, you know, nobody, nobody even dared, you know. Yeah. We weren't that stupid. (laughs) I can't imagine the uh, the stress that goes along with that. And again, this, I mean, the fans seem to really understand what uh, was going on during those days. This is from uh, Mackin2 on Twitter. Uh, How fun are riots? Uh, Oh, my God. Yeah, so, I mean, we're talking about all the craziness. Like, do you, I mean, I'm I'm, going to read how he phrases it. Uh, What is it like when your hours, oh, that's another part of it. Uh, Does the tension or nerves build up for you, like, when that's happening during the riots? Roberta and I were at the the, uh, Montreal riot. We weren't at the St. Louis riot. Okay. But we joined, and then when we went up to Montreal and did the, um, the thing with Metallica, where James Hetfield walked into the flash pot sure. and burned his face. Mm-hmm. And um, 
it was, you know, the story is, it's like, you know, it's not even a story. It's, it's true. But Axel was kind of losing his voice at the time because he couldn't hear himself correctly. So he went out there to try to save the day. And again, he couldn't hear himself. So he opted to leave. And that's there, there and started, you know, them lifting the seats up and stuff. And I'll, I'll never forget. We were down in the dressing rooms. I was sitting there with Slash just in, in an empty room. And you could hear them just going crazy upstairs. And um, I'm so scared. I'm it, so scared. Yeah, it was so, a really scary sound. And in walks Axel into this room that me and Slash we just found. And we're sitting, and we're sitting there. And uh, I said, uh, uh, should I, you know, just don't stay, stay, stay. And Axel, you could see he was visibly shaken and saying that, you know, they're going to blame this on me now. And, you know, all I wanted to do was be, I couldn't hear myself. He goes, I, I can't fucking hear myself. He kept saying, I can't fucking, they're going to blame me for this. And I said, well, and that's when I got up and left. Cause you know, you know, but, it was, but it, Teddy, you don't remember what happened. We, we ended up the girls, uh, the horn section and the girls ended up, we got left behind and we had to, I, I don't, at the right, you were left behind. Yeah. But no, they they, they had to wait until everybody. The limos, the limos. Yeah. Got you and Slash and Axel and Duff and Matt out and Dizzy out and the girls were left behind and we had to I, wait it out because we. I didn't know that. Limos. Yeah, we got left behind mm-hmm. and I thought that they were gonna. It just sounded like they were going to beat the doors down and get backstage and kill us. And I, I've right, never been right. so afraid in my life. Wow. And yeah, we were. We I didn't were know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. I yeah. yeah. It's it, which again, which is a bad, you know, a thing on a tour. They they should have had enough. They should have had enough limousines on call. They could have been able to call yeah. it to get these people out of here. You know, but uh, maybe they felt that it was safer to be just locked downstairs or something. Who knows? I don't know. I didn't know that. I didn't think so. <laughs> I was like, those those doors didn't didn't seem to be safe. I yeah. mean, when you you were hearing the banging and and the, the 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 stuff that was going on in you know in in the stadium, it was like it, it really felt like Armageddon. It, it was so scary. Yeah, and scary, I remember scary, just scary. sitting backstage going, what the hell are we going to do? You know? And yeah. we didn't, we thought we, they were coming for us. And then we found out that Opie and all those guys were gone. And there was yeah. no way that we were going to go through the crowd, you know? So we had to wait it out. We were back there for hours, for hours. How do you, so, yeah. how do you continue that? Cause I feel you know, yeah, you're you're part of this this amazing band and a, kind of like a, a a dream job to many. But you're saying that you're scared for your life, and you know, Teddy <laughs> seems frustrated. First time, I know. I mean, in the first time, wow. he seems frustrated. You know, with whether I mean, Axel didn't want that to happen, of course. But Teddy, you seemed frustrated. You can correct me from reading into it wrong. What makes you continue? Well, like, is it worth it? Because at that time, well, there's also a lot of latenesses on stage. Um, well, you know, it, they were the biggest band in the world, so you knew you were part of something. So you just had to constantly watch your back. You know, when 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 you're playing and there was something going on on the left side of the stage, you just kind of kept your eye on it, but you kept performing and just hopefully that we had enough security. I mean, we had enough security that, but you know, sometimes things got out of the things that got out of hand were not so much at the gig. It was when you were at the hotel. That's when you know because they knew where you were staying and you didn't have all that protection. 
So the South America thing's really scary because they they could sneak into the hotels and get up to the floors and stuff. Yeah. You know, the hotels were surrounded, and you would hear them singing, like at all hours, and yeah, know, all hours of the night. Ole, ole, and all that stuff. And, <laughs> okay. Yeah, they wouldn't there let up. I have a newspaper article. She's on the front cover from a, a, an Argentinian magazine uh, newspaper. And you, I don't know if you remember her, but she was a rabid fan of guns, right? And she would see, sit out there and sing and sing and sing. Well, her father told her that he wasn't going to allow her to go to the show um, because he, he just thought it was going to be too much trouble. And these guys are going to be too crazy and that I don't want my daughter going in there. You can go to the hotel and you can chant all you want, but you're not going to go to the show. She was so overwhelmed by that and not not to be able to go that she killed herself. She committed oh, suicide. Oh. And they, had, they had put her on the front page of the paper. And I still have the the article with, with her picture. I mean, how, how crazy is that, that you're so into a band, that you're so into a band, guys that write songs, basically you know, guys that write, write rock and roll songs, right. that right. You don't, you're not going to be able to see them, that I'm going to kill myself. Like, what? <laughs> That, I mean, what? of course, that's I mean, it's something that I forget what our discussion was, Roberta, in our uh, your interview. But that's something we do talk about here with mental health and depression, and you know, it's, oh yeah, it's affected my Absolutely. life. But so I'm just curious, what made you keep that that article then? Uh, that, that you said you still well, have that I newspaper. Have I just have a box of Guns N' Roses stuff from back then. You know, you know, articles like that. I've got belt buckles, you know, that collected. You know, well, I guess that stuff, I mean, all trinkets and stuff makes sense. But that is something, you know, I guess maybe somebody well, want to forget. Not forget, but. No, you, not forget. No, you know, you, 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 you look at that and you go, wow, they were a big band. Mm. They were really yeah. big. I mean, and that's what, Roberta, what, almost 30 years now, 25 years ago? <clears throat> uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, Somewhere around there. I mean, yeah, but it's amazing when you think about that they've been in that spotlight that long. They're considered they're considered classic rock for Christ's sakes. Yeah, yeah, they are. No, they are, and, and bands because I'm I'm younger than uh you know barely younger than both of you, and bands like Green Day and Nirvana, <laughs> things I grew up with, are already classic rock. And um, yeah. this is a nice little transition because sometimes classic becomes rebooted. That's my full house shoehorn into this. Oh my god! Uh, so you were—I know, yeah. This Fuller House on Netflix. I, I, you're not involved in the reboot. No, 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 not a Fuller House. Fuller House was the the next seat. The next. No, that's what I mean. Fuller. I'm, I'm, I, I, my sentence was out of order. So full, uh, that was my. The reboot is then. So I was going to ask you. I was going to make a parallel comparison to not in this lifetime to Fuller House. If you wanted to be involved with that, like you were with Guns N' Roses and Full House. The original. They, they, uh, they. Uh, well, I, I know Jeff Franklin, the creator, and he was saying that there's a possibility that, that we may want to bring Mongo back, which was the character I played on, I, in, in Full House. You don't talk in this clip, but I want to set it up, and maybe you, you, you remember the scene. It's more of a visual, but I posted it on our social media for those who want wow. to uh, check it out. Guys, the world premiere of this tune. I don't know if the record company's gonna like it, but uh, and you have a really it. awesome bright yellow my, uh, Hawaiian shirt. Couldn't have done it without you guys. <laughs> Goes a little something like this. And your sax. All right, I can't. Uh, I, I, John, <laughs> John Stamos is a beautiful man, but I can't handle that singing voice right there. Yeah, yeah, it's really, it's kind of douchey. <laughs> I love him to death. I swear to God, he's, he's, 
Uh, you know what? He's he's come down and played with he's jammed with with Slash and stuff like that. <laughs> you got to get him on the show, Teddy. I want to interview John Stamos. That's got to happen. Uh, but, but so, uh, I don't know about that. Uh, I, I gotta throw I gotta throw whatever I can against the wall, see if it sticks. But so how did that uh, how did that come about? Um, did you really well, an acting? I chops? knew him from the old Red Onion days when he was on in, on General Hospital. He used to oh, come sure. in on drums at my little the top forty band, and we just we've always stayed in contact with each other. And he's you know I got this band on the show called Jesse and the Rippers, and need a keyboard player, come on down and you know. And then you know over the years I would do little spot. There's I still get like four dollar checks for like, the one line <laughs> from Jesse and line the Rippers. I, you get you get uh, residual checks from Jesse and the Rippers. Je- Jesse and the Rippers. Yeah, there was an episode where the little. A little, they thought the little girl was uh, was going on the road to to stalk me or something like that, some something like that. And they were mistaken. They, he was, she was actually into the, like the, the young lead singer, and um, they, she was into Mongo. 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 I love you know, it. Really weird, man. About that, I, I, people will come up to me and and say, "Hey, will you?" Would you play Mongo on Full House? (laughs) (laughs) My daughter just watches that show all the time, the reruns. Sure. And she says, Yeah, that and Trading Space. I'm going to call you Mongo from now on. Mongo. Do you know who who Mongo is? Mongo is the character in Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles, yeah. Yes. Mongo like candy. (laughs) (laughs) Great all time movies. Absolutely. Great. I mean, we could be here asking you, like, because you, again, from Stamos to Chuck Berry. I mean, you know what? Do you have, a, like, a cool Chuck Berry story? Because he's one of my favorites, and I know a huge you influence know, I on do. Axel. And I, okay. I, 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 we played with Chuck Berry in Palm Springs, and we were going to uh, – he was doing a show in Palm Springs. So uh, the person that, you know, got me on the gig said, okay, this is these are the songs we're going to do. We're not going to rehearse. I said, really? We're not going to rehearse? He goes, no, they're just rock and roll. So to, uh, Chuck will tell us what to do when we get there. So he, he comes, uh, I'm in the middle of the afternoon and I'm at the, the venue there. I don't even know. It's some kind of a hotel, you know, gig. And um, he, he comes in and uh, he has these two giant uh, 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 ba- basement cabinets. They had like uh, two, three, they had eight tens in them, two of them. On either side, they split. Uh, they put them uh, on either side of the drums with a head, and that's what he played through. And it was just a, a, a wall of uh, heinous guitar sounds. Well, hmm. he, uh, he goes, "Okay, uh, we're going to do this song." He goes, "You watch, watch my left leg. If I lift my my left leg up, that means we're going to stop. If I lift my right leg up, that means we're going to take it around one more time." So all night long, I- I'm watching this guy doing this one leg up, the other legs up, and he's. But and that's how we rehearsed. That, that we didn't even rehearse the set. He just he said, "You yeah. just watch me, and I'll and I'll conduct the whole thing." All of this, he wouldn't. And then at the end, he wouldn't take any pictures with us. Wouldn't take any pictures with us. Aw, oh, that's something yeah. I would do. Any reason why? Was he just like super? Was he no, private? No, because I don't private. take pictures. All right, fair you enough. Know, no, you know he was Chuck Berry, but. You know, right. I got to tell you what, when, when, when I did it with Bo Diddley, Bo Diddley was just total opposite. He wanted to rehearse. Right. Unfortunately, there's only so much of gonk, donk, 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 You know, it's like every song is like that. Yeah. I'm like, right, oh, right. Please stab me. You know, <laughs> but he wow. was a, a beautiful man, a beautiful man. But uh, that's so funny. Both of those guys, both of those guys, 
really crappy sounding guitars. And I don't get it. You know, Chuck had that 335 through that, those giant amps, but it was always out of tune. Is it, you know, he, and he did tune his guitar. We, we had to tune it for him. Really? Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, he wouldn't do it. Again, but uh, no, his own damn guitar. But Bo Diddley, yeah, Bo Diddley had that had that square guitar, that little cigar box guitar, and and it it just didn't sound like you know, it just didn't sound good. And I was like, man, come on, man, get give yourself a nice, you know. <laughs> I was Bo Diddley, like, damn it, man, <laughs> damn it. And then that's where I that's where I'd get in trouble for opening my mouth. I go, Ted, just shut up, both of you, just shut up. Well, that seems Mo Diddley. Why does he have a good guitar? You know, <laughs> that's why he does it because he's Mo Diddley. I play with Alice Cooper. Uh, you know, my my wife always right. says to me, Ted, you got to sometimes just just keep your mouth shut and just do the job. She, I used to yell at the crew guys because they wouldn't, they couldn't. Some of the gigs we did that was too small to to roll the guillotine out, so they chop Alice's head off. And I would always yell, hey, "You got to get that." You got to get that guillotine right out in the front of the people's faces because that's what they're paying to see. He goes, Ted, there's no room on stage. You want to play in the bathroom? You go ahead. <laughs> you know, there's no room for the guillotine. You know, and Alice would stick his head in and goes, it sounds like the old days. So, yeah, it's like, you know, I'm always trying to fix something that's not broken, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, I get that. I get that too. Yeah. I mean, all these names, Alice Cooper, obviously Axel, Bo Diddley. And is it your now you're with uh, Billy Bob Thornton? I know you have been in the past, but the, the Box Masters are still going on now. Yeah, the Box Masters. And I'm, I'm I'm actually a partner with the Box Masters. There's a it's me, Billy, and J.D. Andrew, and I've been with him for since '05 or '04. So I've been with him a long time. That's uh, so cool. I like wow. his I like his music. You know, a lot of people don't even know he plays music, but we've got what a nine or ten albums out. Yeah, you should look up the box master. There's the records all over the place. He's a rock and roller. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's why I always got that vibe. And whenever I, I watch his films, it, that rock and roll, especially in Fargo, this rock and roll attitude. What is he like oh, totally. in yeah. in real person? What's, what's yeah. what was your first encounter with to be in a band with Billy Bob? I mean, are you ever kind of like well, really? Because again, at this point, you know, Carol King, no, all these other names. Are you ever, now. At this at this point, I you know no you know I sleep next to him on a bus. I've seen him in his underwear, so you know. He's, you know but at so, the time, I mean, well, at the time it was like wow, yeah, he's, he's a yeah. He was uh, I think I think uh, the Sling Blade had already been out. I think I think um, I don't know what the movies were out at that point. So, but again, you know, it's like when you work with people like Carol King and Axel, it's like. Everybody kind of is like it, it doesn't. Uh, celebrity doesn't affect me anymore. Okay, right. It's like uh, you know, it's just they're just you know they shouldn't pay the people bills just, just like people. I do. Right. It, when you you, you yeah. talk to people, it, it, you know, you could talk to the the biggest star in the world, but like they they eat the you know the same way. They put the pants on the same way. They pose with yeah, the same sure. way. You know, so it's like they're pe- people are people. You know, they just they have more celebrity. Right. Than the average, you know, they get they they're they're lonely. They're lonely, just like everyone else. You know, when they, they don't like being some, you know, they don't like being alone. You know, they want people around them. But I mean, I, sometimes I forget, and you know, I I show too much of that artist. You know, that I you know to to the to the lay crowd. You know, so that's where I kind of blow it sometimes. You know, uh, he sometimes he can be a little bit nervous about singing. So 
you know, I'll tell my friends, oh, he's real nervous. Well, I don't, you know, you don't need to tell somebody that. <laughs> right, but, right. Yeah. Well, that's why that's, that's why Axel would would uh, wait to go on stage because yeah. he was stage fright, didn't he? Right. So that's right. Yeah. That's right. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, he, there were certain gigs he didn't want to do because it reminded him of either of his hometown or, you know, mm-hmm. you know something that had to do with his his life. Really. My problem with that was like, well, why don't you say it before we get here? Why don't you cancel right. the gig before we get you know before we set all this shit up? <laughs> before we set the stage up man <laughs> That's remember remember roberta remember if in in uh was it in england in london where we did that that soccer stadium and then uh he had a fight with uh, um stephanie or something and canceled the gig and they called us to come down and eat the food that was all set up for us <laughs> remember they, they, they had they had they had we we have we eventually did the gig but something happened and the gig got canceled uh, yeah, they, and they they were they had actually upturned the, the the soil with bulldozers to put the stage in. Oh my god! And it was that it was that stadium. It was that stadium in in Manchester that was that bordered along the the city, the the, the a, b- a bunch of homes. Mm-hmm. So we had to be out by a certain time because uh, they closed the gates and we wouldn't be able to get out. There was a lot of stuff like that in Europe. Yeah, where yeah, it was, it was told crazy. that. Yeah, we had to we had to get off stage at a certain time because the transit system will stop, and all these thousands of kids won't be able to get kids home. Kids will be stuck, right? Yeah, yeah. and that's something that's that he true. didn't take into consideration when he went on late. That a lot of right. the parents who were taking the kids, you know, were waiting for their yeah. kids to get out of the concert. That you know, the public transit, you know, stops at certain hours. So like, if Axel was three hours late getting on stage. These kids right. had a hard time getting home, and you know he just he he didn't take that into consideration because nobody told him. So right. yeah. exactly. everybody, yeah, they were afraid to tell him mm-hmm. for fear that he'd go. You know what? You know, I'll I'll go down when I'm ready. Well, it right. wasn't always the case. If you just told him and right. be upfront with him, you know, seems like a lot of miscommunication that he just wasn't informed. Not like yeah. he, he wanted right. to leave, right. you know, certain people behind during a riot or any of these things. He just didn't know. It's just there's too many handlers. I, I guarantee you. I guarantee you, he didn't know about that. If he would have known about that, yeah, people would have been fired for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now he looked after. He always looked after the girls. He always enjoyed having the girls around, and and I, you know. Uh, I know that he would he would have done anything. But, yeah. yeah, he was really good with the girls. He always looked. He always liked coming up there and dancing with them. He was always very respectful of us. I don't yeah. even yeah. remember him ever cussing in front of me. Like in front of the audience was one thing, but like when he spoke with me, he was always so utterly respectful and sweet. Yeah, yeah. I remember one time I wore a red jacket. I'll never forget this. And uh, Robert John, the photographer, was saying, you going to wear that tonight? I'm going, yeah. Well, what's wrong? What's, what's wrong with my red jacket? He goes, um, okay. Well, we're getting ready to go on stage, and, and Axel, you know, w- walks by me in a red jacket and red hot pants. <laughs> you know, oh, no. <laughs> the, that outfit that he used to wear, you know, with the little running shorts. Sure. And he, and, and he um, w- w- during... Um, during was a bad obsession when I'm playing the harmonica. He comes up and he dances next to me while I'm playing harmonica, and he whispers into my goes, "Nice jacket." <laughs> <laughs> you must look yeah, like, like a wrestling tag team or something. Yeah, we're both in red. I go, Robert, please tell me you got a picture of that. You got a picture of, one of that somewhere. He goes, I think I do somewhere. <laughs> I'd love to see it. Me and him both in red jackets. 
you know, we're tough guys. We're real tough guys. <laughs> I'm just sitting in awe. This is just so amazing. I mean, Teddy in, in himself, I mean, it's so awesome just to, to, to meet you and to talk to you, but to hear you and Roberta go back and forth, you can hear the love and, and just friends that go back oh, for years yeah. talking about the good and the bad times and, you're both still <laughs> successful in 2018 and doing it. So, I mean, I could be talking to, you know, both of you for hours, but I'm not going to do that to either of you. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we were, you know what? I, I always say we were blessed that we were be, been able to been a part of that because that was, that's musical history, you know, yeah, that yeah. what we were sure. a part of. And, you know, it was, you know, you, we were all young and, you know, we, we we didn't. We just assumed that this is the way it was and that um, the things were, were going to be all right at the end. And, and everything worked out. I mean, but there was some good and bad. And, you know, you you know, you just, you just kind of forget about the bad but and the, try to remember just the good. But it's great talking to Roberta because she, she uh, gets me to remembering stuff that I completely forgot, you know. So, right, right. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Then maybe uh, this could be a last question, and maybe to both of you. Uh, do you either maybe together? I don't know if it's a, a joint memory that really sticks out from those user illusion shows, like a positive. Hey, this is a really funny story that happened. <laughs> well, one does to me, but I don't know if I can say it on the air. Oh, that's up to you. <laughs> your, your laugh is enough. <laughs> Remember us uh, together, funny. But, uh, you, Roberta, would have to jog my memory, but I'm trying to think of a, 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 one of the fun shows that we did was when we had um, was was with, when, whenever we had stars sitting like Brian Brian May or Letty Kravitz and and uh, uh, Stephen Tyler and Joe Perry. Those are always fun. Uh, yeah, because they were just, you know, the Freddie Mercury tribute was pretty amazing. Yeah, the Freddie Mercury, you know, just it's spine. I remember the funny thing was Spinal Tap came to the rehearsal <laughs> in character. In character. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, yeah. They came in character at the rehearsal, and I'll never forget. I, I went over to look at. Um, um, I don't even know what Michael Guess's Michael Guess's guitar. What his name was? Uh, is it Michael oh. McKean or Christopher Guest? You mean? No, no, no. Uh, uh, Christopher Guest was the blonde one, right? Uh, Nigel. No, no, Michael McKean. Michael was McKean. The blonde. Yes. Yeah, uh, he had a guitar and it had eight pickups on it. <laughs> it, it had eight pickups. It, it had an eight, and instead of whammy bar, it had a stick shift. It had a big giant stick shift on it. And I went, "That's cool." And then when they finally did the show, they came out as they came out as uh, the uh, beef feeders. You know, the 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 the, the feeder uh, guy on the bottle whiskey bottle. Yeah, it was just like that. Yeah. They gotta make a that sequel of that. They gotta make a sequel of that movie like, in the digital age. Spinal Tap, like <laughs> facing downloading and and uh, SoundCloud rappers. I would love to see that. <laughs> well, there, there's, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a lot of there's a lot of outtakes that could be made into a you know a, a, a blooper reel that would be so great. I think that's one of my favorite movies of all time. I I just What's I can watch that movie a million times. Spinal yeah. Tap. It's hysterical. Yeah. And it's so true. Yeah. It's so much of yeah. it is true. You don't you know, you don't realize <laughs> Yeah. I love it. So um Teddy Teddy com. Yeah. I I can't thank you enough for your for your time. Uh what should we looking at, be looking out for? Because I, I know uh, we just talked about you're still with the Box Masters. What's currently going on with you? Yeah, 
Uh, well, I, I'm I'm going to go to uh, I'm going to uh, Europe in November. I'm going to start playing with Walter Trout, mm. the blues guy. We're going to do uh, some. We're going to do uh, some uh, headlining dates with uh, Johnny Lang. Oh, cool. um, we're going to go to oh, Co- Costa Rica. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Walter. We're going to do some stuff with Buddy Guy. And then, uh, Walter's really big in Europe. Is a really he's got like 27 albums out, something like that. And um, he's putting a kind of a new band, new kind of a rock and rock and blues band together. So uh, he asked me to do it. And so, and it, the good thing is, he said when you, whenever you got to play with Billy, just let me know, and I'll get a sub. So he's going to let me do both. So That's I'm going to do all of them. Yeah, November in Europe. I'm going to go to Denmark in the winter. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, that's where I'm going to be in, in, in the beginning of November in Denmark. Wow, yeah. wow Ted, you've uh, you've really been around uh, the world and, and and then some, and you're still doing it. I mean, is there anything that you haven't? That's, is there anything you haven't done? Or do you have a wish list of somebody you want to work with? Because again, you've worked with. A list um, all time. Mm, no, I'm happy. I'm I'm pretty content. I mean, I'm, I always tell people that I'm, you know, lucky that I've been able to still make a, an honest living playing music. You know, yeah. yeah, you know, a comfortable living. You know, like Roberta, same thing. You know, she's does she does all these great other acts too, and it's like you know, and we finally meet in a studio or something. But we're still making music. You know, um, you know, making money, making music. So. I think that's that's just awesome. And again, I can yeah. speak as a, you know, a 35-year-old Guns N' Roses fan who came into, you know, fandom during the User Illusion era for the most part. And you and Roberta were were Guns N' Roses for me. So it's just it's just so cool Aww. just to see everything that what you're doing now. And, and, and I mean, yes, I mean, I, I still listen to the albums to this this day. Uh, User Illusion One was my first tattoo. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I'm obviously making silly sound bites from songs that you were you know, involved in, but the fact that you're still doing it today, and it's not like, and not to take a, a shot at people who do maybe uh, casinos or a smaller circuit, where how whatever makes you happy, great. But you're you're still on the top of your game. I just think is uh, phenomenal. And if you're ever in New York City, you want to come by uh, the iHeart Studios. You're you're always welcome. And and I'll just throw it out there to the universe again, if. John Stamos ever says to you, you know what? I want to talk about Guns N' Roses. And you can say, I know the perfect place. So if that scenario ever happens, <laughs> I, I, well, uh, I think, I think, uh, I think uh, Roberta will tell you that we thought that our incarnation of the Guns band was the best. Mm-hmm. You know, you know oh, I mean, the, we had the singers, we had the horns and everything was done live. You know, we had a, we had, I thought we had the, the best band. You know, there's all these yeah. different incarnations of the Guns N' Roses now. But, and, you know, it, it's fine. But ours was something special. I mean, there was there was a lot going on on that stage, man. And the and I gotta tell you, too. You know. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know what? No matter how much of a butthead he was sometimes, Axel, when he was on, there was nobody in the world that could touch Axel Rose. Hmm. Yeah. He was unbelie- unbelievable. Unbelievable singer, front man. And, you know, just amazing shape, you know, he could do that. I mean, I could, I, I couldn't do that. So, you know, when people dog him and stuff like that, I go, man, you have no idea how great that guy is. Hmm. So, but you know, with that, with that comes some, some other stuff, you know, but he is, he is the best. Roberta will tell you, man, when he started, when he was 
start running up and down those ramps. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's like, man, really? Yeah, it was really amazing to watch. I used to be so tired of watching him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Jesus, really, dude? Are you still friends and, you know, with uh, any of the guys? Because uh, you've worked on obviously a lot of the different records. I know Al. You know, we talk about Axel. He's his own. Uh, he's a uh, his own special person. Axel was the one guy that never reached out to me after the tour was over. Never to say, "Hey, thanks for." For I never talked to him again. I never saw him again. I mean, saw him at, at, at you know pictures and stuff. But uh, Axel's. Uh, I mean, uh, Duff. Duff. I see. I see. I see Matt. I just saw Matt. Uh, two weeks ago or something like that he oh yeah we got together he wanted me to do the billy gibbons thing mm. um i saw him then and, and i slash of course i see I, I talk to slash all the time yeah um but dizzy i see I, as a matter of fact dizzy i think i'm playing with dizzy uh new year's eve oh okay um up at the up at, the, up at a winery we got uh with hookers and blow or something different no it's called sunset winos okay <laughs> another <laughs> cool name okay it says Stefan Adika, Eric Singer, Eric Dover, oh. uh, me Dizzy. Um, I forget who else. It's you know a bunch of players, and we do like one one or two gigs every once in a while. Well, I mean, I've said it before, and this goes out to both you and Roberta. I mean, yes, your your version of GNR is the one I grew up with. So that's the one I personally hold close to my heart. But I, yeah, I would love for it's like. Like what wrestling does when they bring back some of the people and you just kind of it's all under the same umbrella, the same <laughs> brand where they can have people come out. I mean, it was nice what they did for Steven. Hopefully something will happen in the future. But I would love, you know, if you had a guest spot or if Roberta had a guest. Spot. I think fans will love it, but I, I, I'm it's a lot more complicated. Well, I'm sure yeah, that I'm making it. I, mean, I my concept of what this whole reunion thing was going to be, I I had in my mind that they would do like a two and a half hour show and the first say. 45 minutes the first hour would be maybe well the first 45 minutes would be the the original five and then the second 45 a half hour maybe an hour would be the user illusion band Mm -hmm. then the end of the show would be the new band so you got everybody that would i would see that i mean that would would, would be quite a production but i would see that that would have been cool yeah but, well, you know. Yeah. Well, who knows? I mean, yeah. they, they never said anything would happen. Uh, not in this lifetime, right. of course. Yeah. But, uh, right. but regardless, that's neither of you are, are, you know, banking on that. You're both doing your, your own separate thing and no, just kicking no, ass. So it's, mm-hmm. it's just amazing. So, Teddy, uh, thank you for your time. Roberto, we'll, we'll, thank you, Brandon. Uh, we'll hang up. We'll t- I always want to get the Weezer update from you. Then I'll let you, uh, you know, go. Thank you. But, okay. All right. Thank you, Great Brandon. And uh, I love you, uh, Roberta. You take care, sweetie, okay? And I'll let you know. You too. And uh, I'll let you know when we're doing something with Billy, you can come down to Henson or something. Okay. Do some singing. Yeah. Awesome. We need to use your reunion. We need that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, honey. You take care. Thanks, 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 Doug. All right, you too. Bye. Bye, Brandon. So that was that was really cool. And I got to say, as a fan, I know I'm obviously the first one to to hear it because I'm recording it. I'm just sitting here, just like in awe of just hearing you guys go back and forth with stories. And uh, this was a unique thing. And I said at the beginning of this podcast that you're not going to hear a conversation like this anywhere else. And I hope you enjoyed it, you know, because you're taking time <laughs> of out of your day. I did. Oh, I, no, I, I awesome. love Teddy and I love talking to you. So it's all good, you know. <laughs> that, that that means a lot. And before Teddy called and uh, my cell phone, which it, it happens. That's why it's so funny whenever I do this podcast because. I keep it 
yes, it's pre-recorded. I can make it all nice and neat and package it. But I like the whole thing of live radio. Just like with rock, things can go wrong. Riots right. happen. So yeah, he, <laughs> so his uh, my speakerphone interrupted you telling us about uh, how you got involved with uh, the new Weezer record. Right. Well, um, uh, I've worked uh, with the guys at Crush uh, Music before. Um, I worked on uh, Gin Wigmore's album and um, just, you know, a lot of people. So they gave me a call to work on the Weezer album to see if I was available. And uh, I had no idea that Dave Satek was, you know, the the producer on it and he engineered the whole session and I don't know if you know who he is but he's he's a genius he he is in TV on the radio mm. and he's worked with everybody from like you know Bowie to Beyonce you know and he's amazing uh, himself anyway so I did the Weezer uh, uh, song can knock the hustle that's uh, just it just got released a couple of days ago yeah. and um the black album is coming out uh soon so look out for that and um you know featured vocals on that so i'm just singing all over it and, and it was a lot of fun working with david and um yeah it, it's it's uh kind of exciting you know to, it's, it's to be a cool on this. It's a cool video. Um, if yeah. you, when I played the, the 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 music while Teddy was coming on, you heard a little ping. Well, basically, Pete Wentz from uh, Fall Out Boy is playing an Uber driver, right. and that was part of the, the yeah. video, which is uh, super funny. <laughs> Did you get to meet any yeah. of the band? Because Rivers is a a huge Guns N' Roses fan. I forget. It was a recent oh. song that they did an homage to Paradise City. I remember talking about it. Oh, with, wow. Uh, at the, I forget the name of the song, but it came out in the last year or so, and they dressed up like Axel and Slash. Oh, I didn't know that. That's oh, okay. hysterical. Wow. Well, no, I didn't get to meet them in the studio. I was with Dave, but okay. um, hopefully eventually I will, you know. Who who, who knows what's, what, what is in store, you know. But yeah, that it was great fun uh, doing that, and uh, hopefully, you know, I, our paths will will meet up soon. You know, I have a feeling the song is gonna is gonna be very um, successful. So, Weezer's good like that. I mean, it's a, it's amazing. Yeah. Since they're they're you know my high school band, and they keep reinventing themselves, and it's pretty. Uh, yeah. I always love yeah. how Rivers he could he what did he drop out of Harvard or he went to Harvard and. He just wants to be a rock star, but he's a friggin', <laughs> he's a friggin' genius. <laughs> he's probably richer, Crazy, right? Yeah, I mean, well, he's probably richer being uh, in Weezer than he ever could have being, you know, yeah. in, in NASA or I mean, whatever. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, I think so. So, is, is there anything else uh, going on with you? Because I know you were, you know, um, as we alluded to when Teddy came on, he wasn't sure what number to call. You weren't sure what time zone. So I appreciate you giving me <laughs> your your time. And I want so thanks for. You know, keeping your commitment and and being a trooper and you know hanging in there, but I want to get you out. But what else do you have going on other than brand new Weezer? I um uh, I did a Nick Waterhouse record that's coming out in March. Um, so there's going to be some shows there, and um, I also um, another album uh, with Sugar Ray Rayford. So that's that's going to be out really soon. So, you know, just a lot of, a lot of, a lot of albums, <laughs> a lot of album releases. Uh, and I'm yeah. also working with um, Scott Page from Pink 
Pink Floyd. Um, and he, you know, you know, Scott Page, he, he toured with Pink Floyd. He's the, he was their sax player for a while. Mm. And he has this other band called Think Floyd. And he has a bunch of shows coming up, I think November. So he has people like John Norwood Fisher from Fishbone and Kenny Olsen from Kid Rock playing guitar and Steve Perkins from Jane's Addiction. And so it's, it's kind of like a big, a big deal. And, um, you know, I'll I'll be working on that project and you know just stuff is happening so just keep a lookout and keep checking my website robertafreeman.com and and you'll find out what's going on. Too cool. It's just to hear uh you and Teddy just how insanely busy and successful you, you both are <laughs> and how long you've sustained it. And that's not even counting Guns N' Roses. You could take Guns N' Roses out and still have a successful <laughs> career which is just that's that speaks volumes. So um, just thank you, Roberta, for your time and you're a wonderful welcome. co-host. You're always welcome back. You know, if you ever, hey, you know what, this person may be good for a guest. You can bring, you can also play producer, bring a guest to me. That's that's fine. <laughs> this is just a fun little project I got to do. So yeah, get to have that's awesome. You know, be witness, uh, bear witness to use your reunion, or as I, maybe I'll call. It, <laughs> I'll see if I call this episode that. But um, <laughs> well, thank you, Roberta, I, I for for trekking through your your headache. You're awesome and. Aww, if you need no, anything, no if you need, I mean, not like I can do much for you, but if you need anything, please don't hesitate to reach out. You're so sweet. Well, you go and lie down. <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> being a trooper okay. and enjoy the rest of your of Sunday. Course. And we'll talk soon. All right. You too. Nice talking to you. Likewise. <laughs> Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. So that was, I don't know what else to say. That was cool as fuck. That was cool as fuck. So Axel doesn't curse around Roberta. I'm going to wait until she hangs up to curse. <laughs> I mean, just to, you know, I, I said it on the the episode with Roberta at the time, and it still is one of my favorite interviews I've ever done because she's just so sweet, has a great personality, has done so much, of course, with her resume, and just excited to talk to, to Teddy. Uh, you know, there's so much I could have spoken to him about, you know, uh, how I <laughs> I used a harmonica once. I tried to teach myself harmonica. It only lasted like a week. And this was when I was doing radio in Cape Cod. And we had a cat. And I would play the harmonica or try to for the cat. And she would, l- would love it or come running into the room when she wasn't in the room. A stupid story that I didn't want to... Probably better that I left that out and didn't talk to Teddy about it. <laughs> probably. So I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. I mean, that was just so cool. Um, that's what this episode, that's what this, I should say, that's what this podcast is all about. Uh, it's taking, you know, Guns N' Roses, but amplifying it. You know, we hear two friends talking. Yeah, the two friends that used to be Guns N' Roses together, but they hear the back and forth and the stories that they didn't know. You know, Roberta said uh, that what could Teddy say that she doesn't know? And he did say some things and vice versa. So um, just just awesome. And this episode and this podcast couldn't happen Again, without all of you streaming, downloading, liking, sharing, all that fun stuff. So, uh, And, of course, thanks goes out to AlternativeNation.net if you found us uh, via that website. And also, uh, you may see, if you click on any of their articles uh, soon, you might see my name. Yeah, I'm going to start contributing to AlternativeNation.net basically about this podcast. So I'm going to start doing – because it's a lot. You know, we're talking for, you know, well over an hour and a half, and we talk about it a lot, and there's some great stories in here. So um, I'm going to try to make articles and kind of expedite the process and of getting our name out there. 
I think that's 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 the that's why I like uh, getting you know it's showing recognition I guess for the interviews that we're doing, but more people find out about us through alternativenation.net and Ultimate Guitar when they share or Blabbermouth, and the more people find out about us, interviews like that happen. So that's why it's 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 important to be on these these sites, and I appreciate you know uh, Brett for allowing me to to you know be a part of Alt Nation and, and do that. Uh, or if you found us, of course, on uh, the iHeartRadio app, I'm very grateful to you know my bosses here who allowed me to do my podcast in the studios on my free time, kind of free time, uh, or on Spreaker, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, on YouTube. I believe our first. 30 episodes are on there now, all thanks to one Mr. Raz Q, who's helping me uh, with some of the, the video graphics on YouTube. So eventually, of course, that'll be all caught up. Um, but I know YouTube is just easier for some people. We want to be on as many platforms as we can. Again, that's how people find us. And again, that's how we get great guests. Uh, and I think we also may be on Google Play soon. Yeah. So be on the lookout for Appetite for Distortion on Google Play. But in the meantime, in between episodes, uh, join the conversation. We have uh, you know fun memes to share, fun questions to talk about on, on Facebook, facebook.com slash the AFD show or on Twitter at the AFD show. Well, and f- as far as the, the next episode is concerned, I don't know how I'm going to top that. Roberta Freeman and, and Titty Zigzag talking with each other, but I will try. I will try my damnedest. And, uh, and I guess appreciate getting the support. So when are you going to see uh, and hear the next episode of the AFD show. Well, in the words of Axel Rose concerning a Chinese democracy, I don't know as soon as the word, but you'll see it. No! Fuck it! No! Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.